Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th. And we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce all remains intact. Some of our speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook. Abraham Hamilton III. Dr. Renton Rathbun. Dr. Lee Brand. And Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary Culture Proof Kids and Teens tracks facilitated by Maria Hamilton. The third. And Mark and Amy (laughs) Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register. When registration fills up for those tracks, the kids tracks, we close them down because we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms. All right, question. Mm-hmm. Is functional a word? No, probably not. So fu- functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today, a disturbing article run in uh, People magazine. I was reading this article about um, a boy, or well, a young man who uh, committed suicide uh, after he was a part of an online suicide community. And this community also supported, encouraged, and gave him leads on where to get suicide drugs. Mm. Well, actually, it's not suicide drugs. It's actually a food preservative that, um, if not handled properly or ingested, um, leads to death. And so we're going to get into a little bit of that. But I I saw this as very interesting because um, some of the details of the article, again, I think lack a little bit of awareness. You've got a young man who in this article, and I want to be very clear here, in this article is being identified as a woman as a girl. Mm. Um, but this is a, a young man that we're talking about whose parents allowed for gender reassignment surgery. Um, and even prior to that experienced some mental health issues, um, some, some disorders, mental disorders, uh, and then ultimately, uh, took his own life. Again, Mm. people magazine running this article, um, and using female pronouns. I, I, I feel like, you know, 
us refusing to recognize what we do when we normalize gender confusion or believe that giving in to people's feelings about who they are, um, that that is somehow helpful. I feel like that almost is disrespectful, especially when you look at the sort of the result of what happened Mm -hmm. with this reinforcement of, um, you know, gender confusion. And then ultimately none, none of that worked. You know, it just made the kid more suicidal. I want to get into the article here and then kind of get your take on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really did grab my attention. And doing a little bit of research after reading it, um, I learned that these um, sanctioned suicide websites, there's one in particular that is responsible for um, multiple suicides across um, various countries. And it's just it's insane to think that we live in a world, actually it's not, it's not insane, right? Because we recognize that there is an unseen realm, but we live in a world where the unseen realm is revealing itself more and more. When you've got the darkness of death and the celebration of murder, murder in a package, murder in a kit, um, we do this with babies in utero, right? So it only stands to reason that we would believe, hey, we live in a pro-choice community, So if people choose to take their own lives, you know, who are you to judge me that I set up a website to enable them to do it? Wow. Okay. That's, that's kind of where we are. So let me get into the article here and then we'll have a conversation around it. Again, this is People Magazine. All was quiet at the Ramirez house in Montrose, Colorado. Again, I'm, I'm going to try to edit as much as I can. It's difficult because all throughout this article, there are female pronouns being used. And it's not until you get into the article that you realize they're talking about a boy who they are now referring to as a girl, but I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. All was quiet at the Ramirez house in Mount Rose, Colorado. When a knock at the door interrupted the family's typical routine just after midnight on March 3rd in 2023, David, who's 56, a website designer was working late in his home office after his wife, Sarah, 41 had put the youngest of the couple's three children, Matthew to bed, 20 year old. Now this article says daughter, Noel, As I was reading this, I I truly trusted that this was a daughter, but we are talking about a son. Okay. So 20 year old son in this article named Noel, um, who struggled with mental illness from an early age um, and had said he wasn't feeling well that evening was lying down in his bedroom. And so his or so his parents thought it's difficult to change it because you've got these pronouns all throughout. Okay. But just so you know, okay, Mm -hmm. this is not an affirmation of this kind of confusion. Here we go. In fact, as police officers at the door explained, he had left the house and after telling a 911 operator that he intended to die by suicide, was found unconscious in a park nearby. Mm. Noel was transported to a hospital where he died shortly after arriving. Okay, now let's get into what actually happened. Devastated by the loss of his son, who had been hospitalized more than 20 times for depression, OCD, gender dysphoria, and other issues, David and Sarah had closely monitored Noel's activities because he had discussed suicidal ideation. But after gender reassignment surgery, they thought he'd turn a corner. (laughs) Okay. Um, Their grief turned to anger two months later when on what would have been Noel's birthday, Mount Rose police officers were at their door again with more distressing news. In the course of an investigation of a Canadian business person and hotel cook, Kenneth Law, and remember that name, Kenneth Law, who allegedly sold suicide kits online, 
police learned from the FBI that Noel had paid for a, listen to this, a $60 shipment of a lethal substance that he used to end his life. Through this website, from this man, Kenneth Law. Okay, the Montrose Police Department confirms that they were in contact with the FBI during the investigation. Kenneth Law, 58, was arrested in Ontario, Canada on on May the 2nd in 2023 and has been charged with 28 counts of first-degree murder and abetting and counseling suicide in the deaths of 14 people ages 16 to 36 in Canada. Now, listen, okay, but there are other entities that are normalizing not only suicide ideation, but encouraging it. Okay. And and we'll get into a little bit of that as well. Authorities now believe websites operated by law, websites operated by law sold sodium nitrate, a food preservative that can be deadly if ingested and related equipment that caused the deaths of adults and minors in Canada, the U S and the UK. That's according to Canada's Peel regional police quote. It's unbelievable that this can happen, says David, who says his son in this article says daughter, which look, I'm not going to keep, you know, beating the dead horse here, but I don't understand again, getting back to even what we talked about just yesterday with Jennifer Crumbly. I don't understand how (laughs) we think that when we normalize confusion or ignore thinking that we're helping, ignoring clear confusion that we are we're, we're aiding our children here. They have, they have truly a deceased son and they are still referring to him as a daughter. Yeah. Clearly that objective, you didn't realize your goal there. Like clear, if you, if, if the aim was to bring mental wholeness and to bring wellness to the child, you didn't do that. So you would think at some point, I don't know. And maybe to them, it feels like kind of honoring a wish. I don't know, but you didn't bring mental healing. You didn't bring wholeness to this child. And so to me, it seems like further injury to continue with the confusion or to continue with the ruse that you, you were making this person who he wanted to be or who he thought he was, you know? Um, initially I think it's just, this is very sad. Um, the enemy plays for keeps when I'm listening to this, I'm thinking about how the the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And so, man, you have this guy who has this website who is aiding folks who are depressed, yes. you know, to kill themselves. Yes. I didn't I really didn't know that type of thing existed. Neither did I. But man, it's evil. And and this points directly to the enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the the reward is souls. So the enemy want, wants to get these people who are, and the right word is confused mm-hmm. because God is not the author of confusion. The devil is. And so there's this confusion that he's working in to get people to to, to be where he will ultimately be, yes. you know, for eternity. Man. And man, that that is the, the core of what's going on mm-hmm. here. This is a spiritual thing. And it's sad, you know, um, that these things are happening and that the enemy is using all these different, you know, uh, resources and people to to uh, uh, fulfill his plan. And so my initial thoughts are like, man, you know, this is a a spiritual battle. It really is. And it points to, you know, uh, people being confused and upon that confusion, man, they're taking their lives. Yes. That's Wow. Yeah. Being led astray. Being and, led astray. And again, I, 
I want to make sure that we apply the right pressure to parents here, mm. because what I learned in looking into this, because I was unaware of these so-called sanctioned suicide websites, um, and but but I wanted to look into it. I'm like, well, what exactly is this? Wow. You've got teenagers increasingly who are joining this, so they find it online, right? Um, and and then there's there's a um, I think there is an axe to grind with Google that allows for these websites to be searched. Google says that it's a hmm. mirror just reflecting what's out there on the website that or on the internet that people can find hmm. what is available. But the problem is when you go after these people, so they 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 kind of um, come to people's attention on these social media sites like Reddit, right, on Twitter, and you've got these mentally disturbed young people. Increasingly now, the suicide hmm. rate reflects the mental health issues that younger people are experiencing. There was a time in our country where you had people 45 to 54 who were disproportionately represented in the suicide rate. Those That was the age group of people taking their lives. Now you've got them, it's 16 to 24. Wow. 16 to 24, where they are taking their lives. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit mm. um, more of that. But the dad in this article of the young man who purchased the suicide kit for $60 $60. Like, I mean, you know, it is, it is, it's my goodness. <laughs> it's trifling to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't understand that. But for $60 was able to purchase a suicide kit and take his life and then go out or, you know, take his life and be found in a park. So, you know, you, you like trash, <laughs> man, that, that's crazy. You meant, you mentioned the parents and I want to be careful here, but I, but I'm thinking about the story we talked about yesterday. Yeah. I'm thinking about the responsibility of the parents. So as far as uh, this father's concern, he allowed his uh, son to go through this surgery to change, which to, cannot happen. Which he believed to change his identity. Right. Yes. So will he be held responsible for this? But see, it, it it's not the same. It's not the same. They don't see it as the same as what Crumbly did, you know, but this is neglect. Yeah, it, it is. I, I think that there is a responsibility that parents have, but the, the disadvantage that, that I think, I don't know if it's a disadvantage for mm. parents. I think it's a cultural disadvantage in that we are not willing collectively to peg normalizing this confusion as emotionally and mentally destructive. Which we did years ago. We did years ago. And so to <laughs> me, to me, and I, man, yeah. I want to be so careful here, but if you encourage someone in this type of mental confusion and the result of it is that they commit suicide because they cannot find the contentment that it is believed that they would find, right? Versus walking through what the confusion is and not trying to align your body with what your mind thinks, right? Mm -hmm. But trying to work with what's going on in the mind. Why do we feel this type of confusion? What's the distress that we're facing, which yields better results? Mm -hmm. what, what we know is that there's no amount of surgery that is going to correct the way a person is thinking, correct um, the depression right. or the depressive thoughts, the suicidal thoughts that one is experiencing. It's just not consistent with the data that we have available to us. And so seriously, hmm. once our culture finally catches up with, with the reality that we have not made people better mm -hmm. by affirming a lie, you know, until our culture catches up with that reality, then you'll continue to have parents believing that they're doing that's the greatest the good. See, that's the sinister part of it, because the father, I would, you know, believe that he felt like he was doing uh, absolutely something good to help his 
son, you know, to to cope with this stuff. So because the culture has said, oh no, you got you you're gonna have a, a dead son, uh, you know. Would you uh, rather have a living right, daughter or a dead son? Right, but look at what happened here. And so, but man, at some point, you know, there's going to have to be a correction of that as we see these things happen yeah. to, to where people are saying like, okay, that's, that's, those are lies. Man, those I think lies. that's such a great point that you just made because when, when parents are asked the question, and I don't know factually that they were asked this question, but that is the question that parents get asked, right? Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a living daughter or a dead son? What do you say then to the parent who says, okay, well now I have a dead daughter. Hmm. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. So what what do I do with that? You know, mm. we just are unwilling to make those connections. Yeah. Um, getting back to this People magazine piece, um, the father says that his son, although he calls him a daughter, was a part or active on what's called sanctioned suicide websites, right? Where they have in-depth discussions about ending their lives. So when I read that, I thought, well, what is that? I go to start researching that, Mm -hmm. looking into that. And what I learned is that this is something that kind of really started to explode in 2019. Um, It began as a Reddit post that people were kind of actively engaging and then platforms, social media platforms started to shut it down. Well, these people who are behind behind this pushing the taking of your life started to do their own websites and operate under the cloak of darkness, right? So they don't want to be associated with the website. They've done everything that they can. And you'll hear this. I'll read some other. Um, I think the New York Times ran a piece on this in 2021. Um, but they've done everything that they can to protect their identity and not be associated with the website that encourages and celebrates and forms a community around death, around taking your life. Like when you think about what the value of a human life is and why human life is valuable, because we are made in the image of God. This is with, look, without debate, this is demonic, Yes. but this is the time that we live in, right? We have dehumanized people. We have, we have redefined what it means to be human and we've redefined what is valuable about humanity or why humanity is valuable. And so it seems that this would be the natural outflow that when you live in a culture that does this, you would have, because if, if you can make money, mm. if, if you can capitalize on people's pain and then you couple that with this, um, we, you know, there's no value to my life? Mm. What does it matter if I don't exist any longer? Then this is what you have, right? I mean, my goodness, monetizing people's pain. Wow. And and why not? Because we live in a society that monetizes everything else. All right. Getting back to this article here, um, Noel, this person who committed suicide and purchased uh, sodium nitrate online for $60 and then ingested it and went out to a park and waited to die and was found there unconscious. Uh Okay. Uh, Noel came out to his parents as transgender before his 18th birthday. Quote, we loved our child and accepted, the dad says, her as she was. So with his parents' support, Noel had gender reassignment surgery in 2022. 
Now, I think it's important for us to focus on that. And why do I think it's important? Because all of the stuff that we hear, right, all of the popular commentary, uh, all of the celebratory commentary tells us that if we affirm enough, that we can affirm people into wellness. Mm. <laughs> that if we if we simply agree with what they feel, we can we can agree with them into wellness. Like what do you do? Like who goes back to the parents? And I understand and the parents are rightly focused on this website and where their son got this these this uh, sodium nitrate and and the encouragement to take his life. Yes, they absolutely should focus on that. But my question is, man, who do you hold responsible for the collective lie that if we affirm people's confusion, we bring about wellness, we bring about wholeness? <laughs> Obviously, this didn't happen for this family. Right. And you can't accuse, I guess, the culture, you know, and what uh, what everyone is saying. And, man, if you're going to affirm against God's design, you're going to always get destruction. Yeah. You're going to always get destruction and this is this is a very sad thing. You know, but I hope that stories like this as they get out, you know, would begin to change the narrative, would begin to cause people to question the agenda yes. and what's happening, what's being screamed out in the culture and say, "Hold on, hold is on." Is this effective? It, 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 this does not work. You know, so I'm hoping that this would uh, begin to happen. Here's a New York Times article from 2021 um uh where the despairing log on and learn ways to die. Mm. Where the despairing log on and learn ways to die. Again, here, the New York Times, it has the trappings of popular social media, a young audience and explicit content on suicide that other sites don't allow. It is linked to a long line of lives cut short. Like how, how, how is that normal? But, but can I also say that at the same time that we wonder allowed. How is that normal? How are we okay with that? We also have abortifacients that are shipped to people in the mail. Hmm. So we live in a culture of death, culture right? Of death. Where you can, you can Man. be shipped a packet um, that you can take its contents and kill the person growing inside your body. So, so why not have a website where it's just more of the same, mm. right? It's just more of the same. Now back to this New York times article. As Matthew Van Antropen, a 17-year-old in suburban Dallas, struggled with remote schooling during the pandemic last year, he grew increasingly despondent. Searching online, he found a website about suicide. Quote, any enjoyment or progress I make in my life simply comes across as forced, he wrote on the site after signing up. I know it's all just a distraction to blow time until the end. Roberta Barbos, a 22-year-old student at the University of Glasgow, first posted after a breakup, writing that she was, quote, unbearably lonely. Sean Chateau, 25, described feeling miserable at his warehouse job in Pennsylvania. And Daniel Del Canto, a 16-year-old in Salt Lake City, shared his fears that an undiagnosed stomach ailment might never get better. Mm. Soon after joining this website, each of them was dead. Wow. Wow. Most suicide websites are about prevention. This one started in March of 2018 by two shadowy figures calling themselves Marquise and Sergey provides explicit directions on how to die. Wow. The four young members were among tens of thousands around the world who have been pulled in on the site's public platforms and live chats and through private messaging. They discuss hanging poison, guns, and gas. Strangers seek out partners to meet face-to-face -face and kill themselves together. Mm. Guys, 
Man, this is demonic. We live, we, man, we live in a sin-sick culture. We live in a sin-sick culture. We, we are often saying that it is, it is your responsibility to parent your kids. It is your responsibility to know what sites they're perusing. It's your responsibility to know what social media platforms they are on. Because let me tell you something, and you talk about the dark web and people are more concerned about their personal data being sold than they are about the souls of their kids. You, the dark web, it's more than just your, your social security number being sold. It is also about the soul and the eternal, the eternal state of yeah. your children. We have to know this. All right. Getting yeah. back to this article. Participants routinely nudge one another along the way as they share suicide plans. Posting reassuring messages, thumbs up and heart emojis and praise for those who follow through with quotes like brave, quote, a legend, quote, a hero. Though members are anonymous, the New York Times identified 45 who had killed themselves in the United States, the United Kingdom, Italy, Canada, and Australia, and found that the trail of deaths is likely much longer. More than 500 members, a rate of more than two a week, two a week, wrote goodbye threads announcing how and when they plan to end their lives, and then they never posted again. Two people a week posting goodbye threads. In many of them, people narrated their attempts in real-time posts. Some described watching as other members live-streamed their deaths off the site. Most of the narratives cited the same lethal method, a, pre a preservative used for curing meat, according to the New York Times. By promoting the preservative as a poison, the site has helped give rise to a means of suicide that is alarming some coroners and doctors. Mm. Yet many public health and law enforcement officials are unaware of it. People have no idea it's going. I'm in that number, right? right. Like I, I have no idea no that idea. this is going on. Mm. But the enemy is good at a lot of stuff, right? Like even using the website, or using websites, using the Internet. Mm. Quote, it's disgusting that anyone would create a platform like this, said Dr. Daniel Reidenberg, a psychologist and executive director of Suicide Awareness Voices of Education. Quote, there's no question that this site, the way they created it, operate it and allow it to continue is extremely dangerous. Well, of course, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but yeah, of course, right. if you've got a website where you take those who are weak and feeble in their thinking in the moments of their greatest pain and agony and angst and you encourage them that their life is not worth living. Yes, I would say that that's a dangerous site. But you know what else is dangerous? Sites that tell moms that their babies don't have any value. Mm -hmm. And that you really can't be bogged down with a baby at this point in life. And so you probably should just go ahead and, you know, quickly handle that. Yeah. And by the way, we can ship it out to you today. This is, this, this is the world that we live in. Saints, wake up. Be discerning. Be discerning. Like, stand on the wall. Hold the line. Cry aloud. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what is going on? Yeah, once again, this is a call to every parent to know what's going on with, with your with your child, you know, and to understand um, that this stuff is out there and that is orchestrated by the father of lies, the enemy, the devil. And, you know, again, he's he only comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Like he that's that's what he wants to do. And we see this happening. And this is just another way. And it's it's sad uh, because it's going uh Undercover, you know, people don't know about. It. I didn't know about about this, but it's just another way that he can uh, uh, just kill 
you know, and use the lies of the of of the enemy to be able to uh, cause these people to kill themselves, so they, they can end up in in eternal destruction. Like this is a this is something serious, and that we need to take uh, uh, take it seriously and know what's going on with our children. Most members of this website, getting back to this New York Times piece, most members of this website reported that they had experienced mental illness and were 30 or younger, according to a survey uh, last year by the site. That age group roughly aligns with the demographic in the United States of 15 to 24. Now, this is interesting. So the changes in the U.S. suicide death rates um, in the past decade, it used to be it used to be right up to 2019 that those ages 45 to 54 had the highest suicide rate Mm. post 2019. Now it's ages 15 to 24 children, children. Now, man, you know, again, I want to be careful, but there's gotta be some correlation to the explosion of gender confusion in this number of teenagers who are taking their lives there's got there's got to be some correlation um, with the the or to the ubiquity of these social media platforms that arise that create the confusion and normalize the rebellion against parental oversight. Your family doesn't care about you. Mm-hmm. Think about how they how they build their followers. Right. You've got to distance. You've got to wrestle the kids away from the parents. And how do you do that? By creating this confusion or this animosity between the child and the parent. Look, parents, if you've got a child that is withdrawn. If you've got a child that believes you are the enemy, you can't ignore that and see that as, oh, that's just teenage years. No, you've got to see that as a rebellion that has an aim and the end is destruction. Like this is not something that we should normalize. Well, they're just going to rebel. No, that is like the sin of witchcraft. Hmm. Yes, I'm saying it. Yes, I'm saying it. It's biblically true. So then it is just true, right? But what we see is that our society has capitalized on this rebellion, where kids are now feeling distant from their parents. And now they have these glitter families or these online communities that feel like families for them. What I'm saying is parents, you got to step up. You can't continue to ignore this. Getting back to this article here, uh, among those who are on websites like this was a young man named Matthew Antropen. And this is just so sad. Matthew Van Antropen was 17 years old. He had plans to go to Texas A&M University, but he happened upon one of these suicide, sanctioned suicide websites. Within 29 days of joining this online community, Matthew Van Antropen took his life. Wow. 29 days. Like, within the month of joining this community of those who normalize death. What, what am I saying? What's the, what's the point that I'm making? And there's so much more, you know, um, do we hold the search engines responsible for allowing these websites to be searchable by the way, because I had not heard of it before. All I did was a Google search for sanctioned suicide and found the website. They should be held accountable. Like these things are too easy. Like I don't understand the thinking of not holding them accountable and i don't understand the the thinking that they would allow these things to be on there like man it's sinister Mm -hmm. all the way through all the way through is sinister 
So this is interesting. And I think it's important to note just to your question, most states have laws against assisting suicide, um, but they're inconsistent and rarely enforced and they don't explicitly address online activity. Federal law shields website operators from liability for most harmful content posted by users. Court decisions have left unsettled questions about protected speech. And when asked to stop steering visitors to the suicide sites, the world's most popular search engine deflected responsibility. In fact, they said that Google search holds a mirror up for what is on the Internet. In other words, we're not producing the content. Mm-hmm. We're just holding the mirror. We're just reflecting what's out there. Like if if they search for it, if it's out there, then it's going to come up. Which is really interesting because they are good at blocking what they say would be suspicious websites or like (laughs) deep platforming people. (laughs) Like it's really interesting to me how in one case they are like the moral (laughs) monitors, but in other cases they're like, look, we're just neutral. I mean, it's just out there, you know? I mean, I just like what, you know, right. (laughs) Everybody's got their vested interests, right? Like everybody's got the thing that matters to them. All right. Um, Marquise and Sergey have vowed the two behind um, the most popular sanctioned suicide website. Marquis and Sergey have vowed to fight any efforts to take down their site. They have experience running websites with dark content. They operate several online forums. I mean, this is just insane. Many of the sites that they operate have a fatalistic outlook, including encouraging self-harm. So they are protected because of freedom of speech? That's what it appears to me. Man, but that... Okay. The two men have worked to shield the suicide site and to frustrate efforts to learn who is behind it. Now, listen to this. The servers have been moved from country to country. Marquise and Sergey use multiple aliases and have removed nearly every trace of their real identities from the Internet. Still, the New York Times found them thousands of miles apart, one in a city in Alabama and one in the capital of Uruguay. Like, wow. this is just insane. In online post, Marquise repeatedly said that the site complied with U.S. law and did not permit the assisting or encouraging of suicide. He has several times referred to the site as a, now listen to this. <laughs> he has several times referred to the site as a, quote, pro-choice forum that supports members' decisions to live or die. He said, quote, people are responsible for their own actions. And at the end of the day, um, there's no there's not much that we can do about that. Well, stop putting this stuff out there. Take your site down. Maybe don't encourage you can do something about this at the end of the day. Like, man, that infuriates me. I mean, these guys should be hunted down and like arrested and put in jail forever. Like they've they have aided they've they've aided in, in the killing and the murder like of the, all these people, yes. the suicide. Yes. Like, man, I, I don't see why they are not brought to justice. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, it really it saddens me. There's one other um, uh, quote in this article that I wanted to read. Um, and it was by an English woman named Emma Davis, 45 years old. She recalled joining the site at a low moment in her life. Um, and then she started to read some of the messages, some of the goodbye messages on the site. As she read more and more of them, she says that these goodbye messages just became normal. This is a 45-year-old woman. I'm going to quote her here. It says, you felt like you were wrapping yourself up in this blanket of all this misery and darkness. Then she says this, you sort of felt safe, but you weren't safe. Mm. 
So she stopped engaging on the website. She found the, the website dangerous. And so she quit engaging there. Now that's the maturity. Now, not in everybody, but that's the maturity of a 45 year old woman whose brain is fully developed and can say, Hey, I mean, I'm having a bad day or week, you know, I'm in a season where things are really tough, but I do believe that there is hope. I do believe that it will get better. And then maybe there's something jolting about reading all of these goodbye threads where people are posting that they are about to take their lives, that they are about to end it all. And then they've got people encouraging them to do it. Now that's the the mental development of a, of a 45 year old woman. But what about when you've got a 15-year-old? Right. What about when you've got a 16-year-old that they 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 overwhelmingly believe that everything is overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they it's always like the sky is absolutely falling. Parents, we have got to stand in the gap. We've got to stand between our kids and this culture. I mean, it seems like that's that's the cry of of so much of what we're talking about these days. But can you imagine as a teenager when you know you experience something difficult? Um, and you came home and you talked to your parents, like, just think about it, right? You came home, you talked to your parents. And if you had good parents, your parents encourage you that it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You're going to get past this. You're going to get through it. Well, now, right? In this world that we live in now, not only do you have the parents who are being encouraged to encourage the negative thinking, the mental confusion, not, I'm not talking about the suicide ideation. I want to put those into two clearly different categories here. But the mental confusion over sexual identity, parents are being told they need to affirm that. But then slide away from that. And now you've got the mental confusion that is affirmed. But then you've got an online community that says, no, this is it. This is fatal. This, you're never going to come back from this. May as well just end it. Listen, I'm I'm saddened to read this. I'm, I was I was so like shocked to read this People magazine article. We'll make sure, by the way, to put a link uh, for both of these articles in the show notes so that you can read them in their entirety. But again, man, this just points to the darkness that is pervasive in our culture today. Yeah, very very disturbing. You know, um, the father of lies, the enemy of our souls, is at work and he plays for keeps. And so we as parents, we as Christians, you know, we have to be vigilant. Uh, and I feel like. You know, I say this all the time, you know, it's on us. We have to take the responsibility of caring for our children, caring for our families, um, because the enemy, he's prowling around, (laughs) seeking for those he can devour. The thing is, we have to be uh, vigilant. We have to be prayerful. We have to know what's going on. Uh, We have to be informed about these type of things because these things are out there. And if, especially if there's unfettered use of the internet Mm. for our children, which we should not be doing, they can... They can access this stuff. So sixty dollars. Oh man, for sixty dollars, like you, you think about, you know, the the price tag that we put yeah. on a life, and 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 how we have just so dehumanized and devalued life. And look, guys, this is not any different. This is not at all different from the abortifacients that are shipped in the mail to women to kill their children in utero. You still have people made in the image of God. The only difference is their location. People made in the image of God. But again, when we live in a culture that says, hey, you know, make it easy for a woman to abort her baby in the privacy and the comfort of her own home on her cold bathroom floor, make it easy, right? Like we are not quantum leaps away from what we see happening with teenagers where they for $60 can order sodium nitrate, take it and then go out in the park and wait to die. 
it, well, let me let me edit that. Go out in the park, call nine one one, and let them know. Hey, I'm 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 unwell. You're probably going to find me here. This is very sick. Look, our culture says that parents don't have rights. Our culture says that parents are parenting well when they affirm every whim and every desire of their child. Our culture says that you can trust the online families and the online communities and the online platforms, but they are altering our children. They are shifting their understanding of their own identity. They are devaluing our children. I don't know when parents will wake up, but you've got to. You've got to wake up. And, and there are so many parents who are unwilling to publicly talk about, especially in the Christian community, to publicly talk about the changes and the shifts that they've seen in their kids' emotional well-being. Your kids are not well. Your kids are withdrawn. They're not okay. You can't ignore that and expect that it's all going to come out in the wash. It'll all just work its way out. No, you've got to be vigilant. You've got to be proactive and not just reactive. Mm -hmm. You've got to be discipling and equipping your kids to know and trust the Lord, to find their hope in Jesus Christ and not what this world offers. And I know that's not popular. In fact, what's popular is be popular. Mm -hmm. And then when our kids come up short and then they're emotionally unwell because they've come up short, what does the culture say? You probably should just die. You probably not. You you probably you. It's probably not worth living. And we're going to help you to do it. That's what oh. this is saying. We're we're going to help you to to do that, and that'll make you happy. Man. Guys, it's sad. It's sad. Parents, listen, all of us. Okay, when we resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, man, again, and, and this, I'm wrapping this up here, but it is not true that our kids don't have value, that they don't have worth, that if they don't meet the quote unquote community standards of popularity, that they shouldn't live. That is not true. It's not true that rebellion is just a normal outflow of, of teenage maturity. No, this, this is sin. This is wickedness. God has already judged it. Parents, you have got to do your job. Grandparents, help the parents. You're not done. I don't understand the grandparents that take a, sit, a seat and, and sit back and say, well, I've raised mine. What is that? What is that? Because it's all hands on deck in the culture. They, they all are invested. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But what, what do we do? We just kind of sit back and we're like, well, what am I, I going to do? Well, first, you're going to reestablish that you have the authority to parent. You got to start today, not tomorrow. You got to start today, right? Secondly, you're going to turn to the word of God and, and make sure, well, I should have said first, you're going to turn to the word of God. Second, you're going to reestablish that you have the right to parent. I'm going to leave it there because I could go on a little bit longer.